Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us again here on the podcast. Tonight is episode 56, and uh, we're glad to have you here tonight, along with our very special guest, Michael Thadavaswamy from the Turtle and Tortoise Preservation Group. Uh, he's here to kind of preview their upcoming conference, which I think begins next Thursday, next, right, Michael? Or this Thursday? Next week, yeah. Next Thursday. No, next Thursday, yeah. Next Thursday, yeah. Field trip on Wednesday the 13th, and conference kicks off on Thursday the 14th. That's kind of what I thought. And as always, of course, Ooh. my venerable co-host, sidekick, um, bodyguard, you name it, Anthony. That's right. That's right. That's how Steve and I first got together. I asked him if he wanted a bodyguard, told him that I would die for him, and from there we've been inseparable. It's pretty much how Did I'm he left. pay you in totals? No. <laughs> Dang, why didn't I think of that? I, I paid him in connections. <laughs> you paid him in oh, connections, yeah. Wow, look at him. Look at him taking credit for that. Although, Steve, you have made some pretty good connections, but I like to think that my that's my specialty. We, we, Here comes... we make... We make a very good team on that front, to be to be perfectly honest. Speaking of making a good team, I have my daughter with me. Hi. Is she ready for the holidays? It looks like it. Yeah, she is. She's, She's just my kind like of a girl. girl. Yeah. yeah. Way yeah. to go. What, what toddler is not ready for the holidays, even when it's <laughs> February, right? So we, um, my wife is wild about the holidays, so I'm... Halloween night after we're done trick-or-treating, she shuts the lights off early and we hide and act like we're not home. And she attempts to decorate the house in uh, Christmas. Uh, yeah. Yep, and we have Chippy. She's like, yep, very good. So we're already there. Christmas tree's up. Just saying. Um, Chris sick. and Casey had theirs up pretty early too. We'll yeah, get ours up it. after Thanksgiving. Yeah, they actually beat us this year. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, but let's not get too far off topic because of... Yeah, we'll uh, talk a lot more about Christmas next month. <laughs> that sounds good. It sounds appropriate. It sounds much more appropriate, for sure. So, um, the TTPT conference is coming up. I love that conference. I would go every year if I could. Some people do go every year. Much smarter people than me um, with the means to do it. And um, it's just awesome. And so no better time to have Michael on, someone who we wanted to have on the show for a long time. One of the absolute great guys in the uh, turtle end of herpeticulture and uh, super knowledgeable and just a super nice guy who would give you the TTPG shirt off his back. Um, as long as you don't mind the sweat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you give it to me, you'll get sweaty immediately anyway. So that's a different story. That's a different podcast. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, guys. And again, thanks for the kind words, Anthony. It's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure being with friends, talking about turtles. Every Absolutely. Good day for that. Yeah. And that's what's so great about the TTPG conference, right? It just, it just has a different feel in that, like, everyone's just there for that reason. I was just on the phone with somebody... Um, earlier tonight and we were talking about turtles and he said to me that uh, he hopes that his that his I didn't take his views the wrong way. And I'm like, man, are you kidding me? Like this is what it's all about, right? The the opportunity to actually get together with somebody who has similar interests 
and talk to them about those interests and how we all each have a uh, unique perspective, but we're, that's what we're there for. Like I do it for the people as much as I do it for the animals at this point. And right. really it's been that way for a long time. And that's what's so great about the TTPG conference. Yeah, you know, absolutely no ego. Um, you know, I, I'm relatively new in the hobby when compared to a lot of the folks who go there and or attend, um, you know, but to be able to, you know, just reach out and have them embrace you uh, as if you're one of their own, which is truly how the, uh, they look, you know, we call it the, the TTPG family. And being able to share or, you know, talk about minute details or something that, that you might consider very basic, but also switch, pivot and talk about something advanced without, you know, looking down on you. It's it's just absolutely amazing. Um, and, you know, I, I just got bit by that bug um, in 2010. And Anthony, like you said, I've been attending every single year with the exception of last year, which I couldn't make it with. I would be, I would have, uh, but it was beyond my control. So it's just, it's an absolute, it's like a family vacation um, that I look forward to and many of us look forward to, um, which, you know, is like a Daytona, -ish, you know, shows like, like that for a lot of our total forum friends and, um, you know, many others, right, in, in the hobby. TTPG is, is very much like that. You know, I yeah, have the I same about my, you know, my trips to TSA conference every year. I went the first time and got hooked, you know. And I think that's kind of the way how it works for a lot of us. And you can't you can't imagine not being there and getting that reunion every year with your, your turtle family. Exactly. True. Um, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, no, I, I do hope to make it to TSA one of these years. It's, it just hasn't happened yet. <laughs> that's funny that all of us are in the same boat. So Steve hasn't been to TTPG. And Michael and I have not been to the TSA yet, which is crazy, but it's just the situation. I'm trying to remedy that this year. Hopefully it's in Orlando. Fingers <laughs> crossed. I keep telling myself once my son goes to college, it, things will change a little bit because now you you know you got family vacation that you gotta find, summer camping that I have to right. you know, this one he my book loves me, but they're wanting to give me what is so much time off, you know. Right. So you gotta pencil that in. Right. Absolutely. So um, TTPG, I just, my takeaway every time is like, there's so much social time, but at the same time, I can't find enough time as Kevin joins us. Hello, Kevin. Hi, guys. Oh, nobody can see I, him yet. I got to load him in here. Oh, I can see him. Uh, so Kevin will be joining us in a second for those who can't see him as Steve loads him in. But when I'm at TTPG, I can't find enough time to talk to all the people I want to talk to. That's how many interesting people there are. And I go with a game plan, right? I'll look at the speaker list, I'll talk to friends who I haven't met yet or haven't seen in a long time, and I kind of have an idea of who's gonna be there and I have like a hit list, mostly based on the speaker list. But then I get there and somebody speaks about something interesting that I didn't even know was gonna happen I didn't even know how interesting it was going to be. And someone just absolutely <laughs> captivates me. Or someone walks up to me and says something to me that I wasn't expecting. And absolutely, I'm like Michael Scott in the office where I'm just like emotionally driven. And like if some some experience can totally like change my whole day. 
But I run around like a chicken with my head cut off the entire time. And I always get almost everyone, but there's always people that I miss because there's just that many people that I want to talk to. It's, it's really an amazing thing. Yeah, but the party's in too many places. You know, you, you got the sports bar across the street that's always filled with TDPG or, or um, you know, attendees. You got the hotel lobby. You got a couple of breweries. It's, yeah, uh, you, you have to, you know, if we had a portal, it probably would make it a little bit easier. You know, you can go grab one drink at the sports bar, go through the portal, go to the brewery, grab a drink there, go to the lobby, grab a drink there. I mean, it can be coffee, but yeah, it, it would make my life definitely a little bit easier. You're talking about a portal like Star Trek? Is that uh, what you're talking about? That's what I was thinking, but I'll, okay. you know. I just want to make sure I'm following you on that. Yeah. 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 So, hey, technology is always improving, and, you know. One of these things, right? There are yeah. people working on that. Who knows? <laughs> but, yeah, no, definitely. To, uh, I mean, I, I spend, I, I fly in on Tuesday and I fly out on Sunday. It's still not enough time. Too many wonderful people um, and genuinely warm conversations that you want to be part of. And it's, like I said, you have a game plan, but it's still hard to kind of step away and walk away from some of the conversations because you're just so drawn into it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, sometimes just... <laughs> you get it. If anyone's watching has ever talked to me at TTPG, you can think of which side you're on, who you are. But there's certain times where like, I want to get somebody and they're talking to someone else. And I wait around like a nerd who just listened to a TED Talk that in person that they're really excited. And sometimes people will come up to talk to me and I'm like waiting to talk to this person. I'm like, dang! But then those conversations end up being awesome, right? Okay. Just to go pee-pee. Yeah. Like, we're going to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, and that's why, you know, we, 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 so Wednesday evening used to be our icebreaker barbecue, but now we're, you know, before the Wednesday icebreaker, now we're trying to start getting, we start having unofficial Tuesday ice, evening icebreakers, and yeah, I think it's, uh, it's probably just a little bit of time, give it some time, and we'll start having Monday evening icebreakers. So we'll kick it off and make it a week-long party. Yeah. <laughs> no, you guys can come up with some clever name, like Spring Break. It can be something that we do in fall with turtle people. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, um... I know you guys have announced the lineup several times. Is there anything in particular you're super excited about hearing uh, at this year's conference? Great question. Uh, was that for me? Yeah. Yeah, you're the only one uh, going yeah. out, out of us, I think. So. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that stinks, but that's the truth. So everyone yeah. watching, if you have the opportunity, be better than us and attend the conference this year. Well, see, I think the Total Room guys need to make a plan. Well, at least one representative from the group has to be there every single year. It, you know? um, uh, Andrew should be there for sure. Um, well, that's, that's right. But come on, that's that's a little bit of cheating. That's a yeah, anyway. Come on, Steve. <laughs> um, okay, so you know we we have great lineup, um, speaker lineup. Many of them who haven't presented at, at the conference before. Shout out Fred Lake is flying in. Um, um, Christian Langer, uh, our backup speaker. Um, I, I, I think uh, I'll be kind of, you know, um, shooting myself in the foot if I said I'm looking forward to one specific presentation more than another. 
Because what happens with these presentations for me specifically is I walk away with something new, you know. It, uh, that's, a, that's the best part of this conference. It's like going on a retreat and picking something that you're doing already, but you can do it in a much easier way. Somebody's doing it in a much easier way. You're like, why didn't I think of that? You know, and, and you're taking that away. Um, we, we literally have a talk, I think, uh, by William Espenshade uh, titled uh, Feces and Fiber. Uh, so kind of to give you an idea, we talk about poop, we talk about everything. Um, I'm not, I, I'm looking forward to every single one of them. Um, you know, part of it is not just the content that's presented, but the way it's presented. Some of our speakers are so engaging. I mean, anyone who attended the year that Carl Franklin was presenting would not forget his presentation at all. Such an engaging guy. Oh, um, Carl's, fan, Carl's fun to listen to, too. Great yeah. sense of humor, very engaging, you know. <clears throat> yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. And that's the case with a lot of us, because Stefan from uh, Austria, you know, you, you just don't forget him presenting something. It sticks around for such a long time. Um, you know, you don't even have to take notes. It's just such an engaging, you know, he's such an engaging speaker. Um, so I'm really excited about meeting a lot of our new uh, speakers uh, that we have lined up this year. Um, you know, always opportunity to make new friends. That's really uh, one of the biggest draws for me. Kevin, how's your string cheese? Guys, I'm so sorry that was rude. I haven't eaten today. It's been a long day. No worries, you, man. No you, worries. You look like you haven't eaten for a while. Dude, stressful day today. I apologize. No, that's all right. So all you need it's, is some sorry. string cheese and some flavored sparkling water to good. wash back in the I'm day all, away. I'm all done now. I'm good. Sorry about that. You had to know I'd make fun of you for it or at least call you out. I planned it. Because my thought always is, someone's at home watching this and is thinking, like, this dude is seriously eating string cheese right now. And not just eating string cheese, but, like, eating string cheese like an elementary schooler. Like, you really were pulling it. You were yeah, pulling man. it. What, are you supposed to just bite it? That's ridiculous. Yeah. There's a, there's a scene in the office about that where um, Ryan just tells Toby, I think it is, about how, like, somewhere around age 11, he just started going for it, just biting the string cheese instead of just peeling it down. <laughs> it's the little things. These are the little things. And this is what's yeah. so great about the podcast, at least yeah. for me. We can go down this rabbit hole, and we have this wonderful yeah. guest who everyone's excited to hear from, and now we're talking about string cheese. In the office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always. Uh, so is is it mandatory with uh, Steve being from Pennsylvania that you have to talk about the office, or is that the thing that you get drawn to? No, no, that doesn't. That's that just Anthony knows enough television and movies that he <laughs> something he'll connect to some television and movie. Right, yeah. it's I, always it's always a scene or a quote that yeah. I do that with Friends show, you know. Because I've seen Friends rerun yeah. so many times. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, you know, if you have a situation in life, maybe you, the answer is in Friends. Just go look at Friends. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, for my wife and I, it's, it's Friends and uh, Big Bang Theory and uh, kind of an older one, but I know MASH really well. Mm, okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> I hate laugh tracks. I don't like shows that have laughing in the background turns me off yeah i don't think i don't think i mind it no i don't it's, either 
we're all Im immune to it. We've, it's been yeah. that was that was sitcoms forever. Anyway, it's them, it's them psychologically telling you to laugh. I like turtle <laughs> talks that have laughing in the background because <laughs> that means they're really good. Just saying, <laughs> laughter well, is even better than like the lean in and nod. Like someone who's really interested, the laugh is even better because that means they're with you. That's the connection. It's like when you when you yawn at the same time as someone, it means statistically you're more likely to love them. Hey, so we have a we have a question from the audience. Yes. Andrew, Andrew over at Arizona Tortoise Compound. I've heard our of own Aaron, our own Andrew. Yeah. So uh, he says, ask Michael if his hypo Moremi's Nigricans is still thriving. Also, where can we find the speaker list for the TTBG the TTBG conference? Awesome. So. Yeah, the Nigricans is alive. I don't know if I would call it thriving yet. It's still in the incubator. Um, as we were talking about that briefly. Um, it, it came from an egg. Um, uh, it came out of an egg that I did not expect to hatch at all. So who knows what funky stuff happened there. So that turtle is a little bit still, you know, looks a bit deformed, but I'm keeping a close eye on it. And if it's meant to be, um, you know, we'll have some you know, fun with it in the future. Um, as well, the uh, speakers list, Andrew, it's my bad. Um, I can thank PGA for it. I'm kind of like almost two weeks behind, uh, still catching up on things, thanks to the blackouts. I'll have that posted um, to the TTBG discussion group tonight. Wonderful. Yeah. I hope you'll be there for both days, not pick and choose presentations. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, it's, man. All right, yeah. everybody is uh, seeing uh, your your Nigrakins right now, Michael. That sounded a little accusatory, Michael. I like that. Andrew, you better not be picking and choosing, man. <laughs> no, it's funny, you know, very much like what you said, right? Andrew is there and he's local, and I see him, I say hi. Um, I don't believe we have grabbed a meal together or anything. It's, it's just not enough time. Um, I hope that will change this year. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So everyone can see that beautiful animal right now. So uh, it we was keep saying I can okay, put so it back up if you want. Niagara cans. So I like to, um, as a courtesy on the show, I, I don't like to just speak in in Latin names. Like I, I think that um, it's easier to when you know the Latin names because then there's less confusion. However. Um, it's important just to make sure that everyone knows what the common names are so that it makes it easier for them learning. So this would be the Kwangtung River Turtle or Redneck Pond Turtle, which is a species we've talked about at length on the show in the past. Uh, normally it's a really black turtle with maybe a little bit of red highlights, more in the males um, as far as markings go, beautiful markings. But for the most part, it's a relatively drab turtle for the most part, generally speaking. Very stinky turtle. Yes, they can. I've got <laughs> ten of them here. Sometimes they really like to musk me up. My bad. <laughs> no worries. High production value over here. <laughs> so um, they're a species that commonly isn't that beautiful, but that specimen is out of this world and probably has the greater turtle community all over the world drooling and peeing their pants over it. 
Okay, well, uh, the uh, Asian offers to start pouring in. <laughs> Just um, you, you know, I get excited about Kwangtung hatchlings. Um, you know, the, it, it sounds weird to call it the normal ones, but you know, just to you know, emphasize what I'm talking about. It's just such a beautiful turtle, but, you know, as a hatchling, I, I, I get super excited. They're like little ladybug turtles that pop out, um, you know, and um, it's, it's yeah, definitely a, a species that's close to my heart. And to your point about them being drab, I still very distinctively remember back in 2005 when I tried to get some. That was exactly what uh, was told to me, uh, you know, the, the breeder wrote back and said, I'm sure, Michael, they're just ugly cousins of reefs. I'm like, yes, I'm sure. Uh, now, I heard a similar quote about uh, Minoria Amnesty as well, when they first reached out to a breeder in Florida and said, hey, I want a, you know, MS hatchling. He said, I'm sure, Michael, because, you know, I had red foots and other stuff, you know, relatively colorful stuff, I guess. And he wrote back and said, are you sure, Michael? It's just a black turtle. I'm like, yes, I am sure. And I'll tell you, um, any opportunity I get to play around with some Manoria MS, I think I'll take it. The eyes just are so captivating. Uh, <clears throat> and my quantos are very shy. I almost, I very rarely see my male, but every time I see him in the, in the Waterland tub, I get super excited. He's, uh, my male is very colorful, so I, I never complain about seeing him. Which is a rarity. Yeah. <clears throat> That's so awesome. I love to hear about your excitement when you talk about these species and what they mean to you. <laughs> I've always felt like I've like drab turtles too. Drab turtles. We talked about that on the show before too. I think like the um, your Californian native, the Pacific pond turtle, is a turtle that is not as attractive as the other species in the former Clemmies group, um, but is such a cool looking turtle. I think. It is. It's a it's a major draw. <clears throat> I, I I'm one of the few people who are a little bit blessed to be able to handle them as a wildlife rehabilitator. <clears throat> Excuse me. So as a wildlife rehabilitator, I I can keep them you know temporarily, and then I have to find homes for them once they you know we determine they cannot be released, which often ends up being the case. You know people find them as when they're hatchlings, they don't know the difference. Take them home. Three years later, they've written the spawn turtle to us saying, hey, you know, I cannot upgrade the aquarium or setup. And we then have the spawn turtle that can go back in nature. So I'm blessed uh, to be able to handle them and, you know, care for them briefly at least. It's uh, it's definitely, uh, I mean, it, you know, I think a, a year or so ago, actually, we had this conversation on Facebook. I, I told, um, you know, I don't know which group of friends we were talking um, and I said, you know what, I've never come across an ugly turtle or a turtle I didn't like, you know. And Joe Garcia rose up to the challenge. <laughs> he started posting pictures of deformed turtles. I'm like, okay, I, I just like it. <laughs> uh, but no, you know, uh, I, I'm looking at a, at a particular species, I'm feeding or cleaning the setup, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, that, that's such a gorgeous animal. And then I move on to the next enclosure, I'm looking at something else. I mean, this could be a North American pond turtle, uh, I mean, wood turtle, or it could be a reef turtle, you know, reef turtle, I, I, I still don't get tired of watching them, you know, I call them my water puppies, they're just goofy, uh, <laughs> they never get tired of eating, it's like they've never seen a meal, um, even though I mean, I've just fed them two hours ago, um, 
and you know, I love watching them. Same thing with Simmons's Chinese Golden Threads, just absolutely stunning animals. I don't get tired of watching them. So, I love a man who loves Maremmis. So for those who don't know you, clearly you have a thing for Maremmis. Me too. I have a thing for turtles. See, let's leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was going to ask you one of those challenging questions for us all. Um, now, like for some folks, it's a bit easier to answer than others. Like last month's guest, Jeremy Thompson, he clearly loves Kinnixies more than anything else, right? So if you had to pick a group of turtles, Michael, and I'm going to let you pick a group, not just, just one species, but if you had to pick a group of turtles, which one would be the group that you'd keep? Wow. How much time do we have to make a decision here? <laughs> um, so this is like this is like that. We're, we're going to reference Friends since you mentioned that. Right, okay. This, this is like um, when they ask Joey if he'd be able to give up food or women and then he eventually he's like i want girls on bread right <laughs> um yeah um you know i don't know if i can pick just one so i yeah maybe you should uh, clarify anthony's question of what you meant by group because i'm not sure that i can just pick up my remis or uh, you know uh Platinus or something and say, okay, that's what I'm going to keep. Um, but if somebody really put a gun to my head and said, you are allowed to keep only one species, <laughs> pick it and work with it, um, it's going to be Crascolas. Um, that's wow. probably what I'll end up keeping in. Yeah. Wow. So the Black Marsh Turtle. That's but interesting. They're fun yeah, turtles. Really, but he but, a really personable species. So he likes a challenge. I like a challenge, yeah. I won't, I won't deny that. Uh, and it's super underappreciated uh, turtle. You know, they're hard to establish and everything, mm. but still, be, you know, they're brought in in such huge numbers, treated like dirt, um, and people don't want to give them a second look. Uh, but I absolutely love them. Uh, for those who, you know, Russ, um, you know, the TTPG founder, Russ Goley, has been successful in reproducing them in the couple last couple of years and i've been blessed to be able to grab a couple of hatchlings from him absolutely one of my favorites but remember i'll do that only if somebody puts a gun to my head and said that's a, yeah i have to pick only one <laughs> Don't take uh, turns, man. yeah yeah but uh if we then bump that to five it's gonna be the crash colors my north american wood turtles mm -hmm. um my reefs turtles my quang tong and my redwoods probably yeah awesome Awesome. I mean, the problem with Moremis, right? Like, I would keep every species. So we're talking about like the I don't what's the common name for the entire group of Moremis, like the Asian pond turtles. Yeah, the uh, so that's, pond turtles. So that's like your Reeves turtle, your Chinese <laughs> thread, Quang Tong, your yellow pond turtle, Moremis mutica, Japanese pond turtle, Moremis japonica. Um, so there's like something like 11 taxa or something in that genus if you count the subspecies. So um, something like that. So they're great to keep and they're usually relatively cheap to acquire. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're great animals to work with. Like I, at my TTPD presentation last year, I talked about Reeves turtles, their educational value and their worth as just being a great pet. Like every house 
that has a readier slider in America should have a male Reeves turtle instead. Like great turtle, <laughs> manageable size, right? But you can't keep them all because they require these separate setups. So like unless you're Paul Vandershaw and you have these awesome segregated setups, they're like the most they're the most promiscuous. <laughs> yeah, they're the most promiscuous turtles on the planet. Maybe besides like a male Corda trifasciata, like they'll mate and and hybridize and produce with anything that they can find. Um, and that's one of the difficulties of keeping them is you can't just you can't be building groups and keep a couple of different things together for a while unless you want to create a bunch of hybrids. Which is nothing wrong with that for those who do, because ultimately, ninety nine percent of what's 99.9% of what's happening in captivity isn't for conservation anyway, even if they're endangered species like the Reeves turtle um, or an endangered species like the sulcata. Um, yeah, it just it poses different challenges for a keeper, and that's something I'm going through a lot as somebody who has several groups of Moremis because I really do love them. But you can't keep them all, unlike Pokemon. Right. I, I did have my share of oopsie, I think about six years ago, when I st I, I hatched out um, Reeves and Chinese Golden Thread hybrids, um, two clutches, so that, that carried over for two years. And yeah, the, the males of that uh, you know, genus need only very little time. You'd think just, oh, you know, only a couple of hours, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, they prove you wrong. Um, I like the fact that they don't discriminate. You know, it's nice. <laughs> Reeves Golden Thread, is that Glyphostoma? I didn't name it. <laughs> 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 I, I, th I think uh, uh, our dear friend Kurt Edwards called them Tattoo Swami C or something like that. I That's forget what he wrote, but he's like, are you trying to make more of those? I'm like, no, it, it's just, you know, sperm retention carried over. That's all. <laughs> Oh, no, they're anamensis. They're, those are sinensis and anamensis are glyphostoma. So they're one of the species that was originally, they were originally thought to be a species, but then they turned out to be a hybrid. No, no kidding, they're, okay. They're okay. anamensis and, um, yeah, sinensis, the golden the golden thread turtle has a couple of those, including um, Philippini, named after Hans Dieter Philippen, uh -huh. which uh, was... Um, Cora trifasciata and sinensis hybrid that was wow. thought to be its own species for about a half a minute. That one was described later and then debunked. I might have a deconnected to see if you have pictures of those, yeah. Oh, definitely. I actually I actually have some hybrids that I'd love to show you pictures of. But yeah. I'm not really totally one hundred percent into it, but I'm I'm into the, the history and the educational value of the of these things, right? So if there's a chance so, um, like, I have a, a group of Maremi's hybrosoni, which is uh, Trifasciata mutica mix, um, yellow pond turtle, golden coin turtle mix, and they were thought to be their own species for a long time, just like Cora serrata, um, until it was debunked around, like, 2004, 2006, something like that. Um, so, anytime there's an opportunity to... to teach people about like the history of nomenclature and and species uh i don't know species like the naming of species and in this case the debunking of species i think that's a really cool project it is personally no i i think you and i have talked about this you know um so, sometimes when you're so used to 
the this a species in its natural form, it's hard to kind of fall in love with an al, al, with an albino version or a, a moth. Sometimes um, I I really don't get hooked on. That can be sold with beer as well. You know, barrel aging is a big deal now. Once I like, like you, I if there's an IPA that I like, then they barrel age it. I'm not too fond of the barrel aged version. So I, what is I guess that's a barrel aged version of a beer. What does that mean? So so you take an IPA or a you know uh, any any ale, they barrel age it in either rum barrels, wine barrels. It can be any barrel. Oh, so you. they they you. leave it in for a certain period of time, and then it changes the the flavor, the the profile of the of the beer in question. Got it. I thought I thought you said battle age at first. So like battle age, what does that even mean? Yeah, like, that's what I heard as well. Put some dirt in there and like stir it with a <laughs> double-headed axe. So, so battle age is the medieval. I, medieval I guess I should have. I guess I should have started the. The show say with a reminder that my son often says I pronounce words weird and I do. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. We all do. Yeah. Act accordingly. It's okay. <laughs> Just forgive me for being a dummy and taking a minute to figure out. Oh, that's okay. <clears throat> yeah, but that makes sense. So you're a purist, and that's cool. I'm a purist. I mean, part of me really loves morphs. Like when I saw the Quang Tung hatchling that you produced, like my. Oh, man. My first response was just to like scream like Jerry Maguire, like out of excitement. Um, but yeah, at the same time, I do. I am a bit of a purist too. I think you can be both. I go yeah, with I both. I, I different hats. Yeah, I'm not a fan of labels, right? So I'm, I'm not sure if I would label myself a purist. It's just that. I, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to look at an albino reefs and say I, I it's I don't see the pattern and stuff. You know, maybe if I look at it in person, maybe I'll see it. But when I look at a picture and stuff, you're not seeing the pattern, which is part of the beauty of the reefs. You know, mm -hmm. or, or a synthesis, for example. I, I don't see that. Um, I don't look down upon it. It's just something I haven't chased. Sure. Have you looked at those super pastel ones? I'm not quite sure. I'll have to look at the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, can you put one of those up on the screen at all? Um, the super pastel what? Reeves. Reeves. Um, I'll have to find one. Okay. I'll have to go back and look at the recording. Yeah. I can find one and send it to you. Take your time. So for our viewers at home, if you'd like to text in or, or uh, write into the chat and tell us what you think Kevin is eating now that he's finished his cheese stick. <laughs> it's another cheese stick. No, it's not. <laughs> Ew, that's disgusting. No, they're the best. Yeah, I understand that they're good. How many cheese sticks are you gonna eat? Dude. You're gonna Jeez, speaking of poop at the TTBG, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna poop a brick. Nah, I'm man, worried about your health. I run on dairy. Apparently. Anthony Kevin's gonna report you to the total room HMN. <laughs> harassing him. Yeah, where's our HR department? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what's coming next. Good. Steve, I'd like to make a recommendation. Are you talking about these ones, Kevin? Uh, no, that's more albino. Okay. Well, that's pastel, too, though, because yeah. it's got the aberrant patterns on the... Yeah. 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 I have one up on the screen. I'm just trying to see how to get it to you there. Take your time. It's no I'm working deal. on it. I'm sorry. No big deal. Kevin, well, you guys can using, chat amongst yourselves. Kevin, try using your Skype screen share, and I will see what happens with that. Maybe there's a way I can loop that in. 
What do you think viewers are thinking right now? This is kind of bootleg, but... Oh. Oh, that's right. You're using your phone. Oh, yeah, okay. I think I saw that picture somewhere. That's an interesting one because the shell color is close to normal. And the skin color and, and pattern is crazy. It is, yeah. One of our um, new members, uh, Steve, I have to talk to you about that later, but he traveled to Shanghai to present, um, to, to make a presentation on North American box turtles. And he had, he got some pretty cool photos of some of the um, Asian turtles, particularly Chinese turtles that he was seeing while he was there that are being bred and produced in farms. So they're big on the on the morphs, just as they are with a lot of the rare. Uh, yeah, I think Russ, Russ or somebody shared. Uh, I I think it's Mutica, a couple of Mutica pictures. I don't know if you saw that. It was in and they were talking about bleaching and a bunch of. I guess there are now processes in place to consistently produce a certain look. It's it's interesting, uh, but I yeah. Is yeah, but see, you know, I I've never uh, bred tools, you know, like you know, if I I guess if I'm trying to go through those processes and all, then I have to you know figure out what I'm gonna do with that, you know, why is it that I'm doing right? So uh, that that complicates it, and I think for me it takes the joy out of just keeping these guys and enjoying them, sitting back and just watching them grow. Um, I mean that that particular Hong Kong hatchling, it's there, you know. I'm giving it the best care I can. If it makes it, it makes it. You know, I'm not freaking out to try to make sure it makes it at any cost, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. So, guys, we have a question uh, from uh, our last month's guest, Jeremy Thompson. Oh, I remember. Uh, hey, Jeremy. Uh, Michael, I am very supportive of your effort to put together a TTBG available list for members to connect us keepers, connect us keepers with surplus captive-bred animals. Can we hear more about this? Plus, your plans to expand it. Absolutely. Um, so one of the one of, it, it's been a goal of TTBG for a while to you know promote the idea of keepers members sharing healthy hatchlings with with other members. Hopefully, at a lower cost than what we would do to other, you know, the public, if you will. Um, the last year or so, especially, um, I help out with getting the newsletter out and whatnot. Um, I've been slacking. Uh, don't want to give any excuses. Let's just call it I haven't done the job, right? Um, but we're trying to get back on track. Um, we are trying to also get the uh, TPG website updated. Hopefully, you know, by the next uh, first quarter of next year, we'll have a fully updated website where members can log in. You know, focus on you know, take care of their membership renewals, everything automatically. Uh, right now, that's kind of being handled a little bit manually. So we are working on you know improving and bringing in those efficiencies so that the directors can actually go and focus on things that will matter to the members and, uh, you know, things that will prove fruitful and worthwhile being a member. And the surplus list is one of them. Um, you know, like what Jeremy is doing, you know, so focused on, on the species, we want to be able to connect in with other fo- members who are focused on, on that species, on, on the genre, um, on the genus, sorry. Um, and likewise, we want others who are interested and want to get into cases 
we want to, you know, connect them with people like Jeremy. So that's where that list is going to be helpful. We don't want it to become a, another, you know, sales list that goes out. The idea is for people to recognize who else is working with species that is of interest to them and make that connection, which is, I think, where the, the greatest value lies. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, what does a membership cost and what comes with a membership <coughs> to, to the CTPG? So the individual membership is $30 a year. A family membership is $55 a year, and the lifetime membership is $300 a year. Now, I hear rumors that the price might change, so if you're thinking of it, maybe get in before we you know, jack up the prices. Um, you get, <laughs> uh, you, you, get uh, you know, um, of course, uh, our conference is the biggest draw, you know, uh, the connections that come with it. Um, recently, we have created the TTPG group, um, and what while that's still taking shape, the idea is eventually there will be a, an area where active members can talk to one another and the surplus group might become available and visible only to active members. So that's one of the things that's gonna, you know, something we're kind of still giving shape to. And the Batacor, uh, you know, some of you <coughs> have been uh, contributors in the past and I'm very thankful for that and looking forward to future collaborations as well. Um, we, are, we are very proud of the Badagur magazine and, you know, the articles, the quality of the articles in it. Um, so that's basically what you get for membership. But the connections is the biggest thing, you know, uh, with Facebook, especially with social media, uh, we are working on getting people connected and being able to talk to each other and ask questions. You know, we don't, we're not necessarily looking at something very basic uh, being discussed or, you know, uh, being hashed out where it's, where it's something that's been hashed outside in other groups. Uh, we are hoping that the TTPG group will be uh, an extension of the advanced herpetological captive care techniques being discussed or being shared and being promoted. That's that's the goal. Interesting. That's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. A couple of things you've highlighted actually remind me of some of the things we've tried to do and some of our efforts as well. Like, for instance, that... Uh, digital colonian log soft uh, application that we have um, if a user so chooses they can make their animals publicly available uh, oh, nice. or publicly visible I should say but there's also a feature where they could allow somebody to search them by the animals they have if they wanted to and so it's awesome. a way keepers could connect with other people who are keeping like species as well awesome yeah yeah, collaboration is a big part of it. And uh, I mean, Anthony and I have briefly talked about it. This is something we're going to be talking about um, uh, in in depth um, at the TTPG as we move forward. Collaboration with other groups like the Turtle Group, for example, you know, rather than trying to reinvent the wheel, everyone sitting in, you know, doing their own thing in each corner. Um, I think in, it was in last month's podcast, uh, Anthony, you said, you know, how actually the turtle room kind of started coming together. You know, you and Steve keeping cool turtles and you're like, oh, we went from guys with cool turtles to like doing something with species. That's kind of what TTPG is going after. I mean, the, calm, the goal being focusing on captive care and promoting captive care and making sure that's sustainable by connecting the people who are involved with the species so that it can keep go moving forward in a in a sustainable and meaningful manner absolutely 
Yeah. And so what's happening this year is the 10th uh, conference. It is, yeah. Yeah, and, th and this will be like the 8th Badiger or 9th? Um, it would be the 9th uh, issue, yeah. That's wonderful. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah, you know, it, it's truly remarkable because I think it's, um, and it's, you know, I mean, kudos to all the members who made this happen, you know, um, it's as much as the di directors, you know, work hard in the behind the scenes to make it happen. It's the members who have made this a conference truly worth going to and being part of. And they keep coming back. I mean, if you look at a uh, majority of the attendees at the conference, they are folks who have been there, you know, Curtis, for example, he drives over from San Diego. I think he has attended six, six or seven years straight. Um, John Green attended a major, you know, uh, number of, uh, uh, large number of the conferences. I, I think he's not going to make it this year. Hopefully he will surprise us by just popping up there. Um, so it, it's been an amazing ride. And I think like I mentioned briefly the other day, we started in one small room at the Marriott Hotel and now we are at the Mesa Convention Center the last seven years. I mean, it, it, in just a three year period, we went from the small room to the convention center. And um, if if things keep moving forward, I think next year we might have to look for a possibly a bigger venue because we have, you know, we end up finding parts, some of the participants standing in, you know, attending the conference. So let's, I'm, I'm excited to see what we, what we are in store for next week. That's amazing. One of the things that really um, impressed me and, and excited me when I was, uh, in, my, in my experiences there, Russ will work to get scholarships and, um, if you recall who I can't remember exactly who, and I don't want to say a name and be wrong, but someone sponsored the scholarships last year, which was awesome to actually bring young people, like high school age kids, and and pay for their concert, their conference uh, registration, so they could actually attend the conference and learn from all these turtle experts, which was really awesome to see. Right. Our, our friends uh, at the reptile industries, you know, Mark uh, Bell and Kimbell, they're big supporters and, and they, um, you know, fund uh, or donate a big, a large sum towards the Hans Dieter uh, scholarship, is, I think is what you're referring to. I think yeah. that's what we used to bring Michaela over um, yeah. two years ago. Amazing young lady. Yeah. Um, and and that's, that's a big part of it, right? Getting the young next generation involved. You know, we, we, we are all here, we are all sitting and talking, we, we are already doing some remarkable work, but it's the sustainability something that TTPG is keeping a close eye on. Um, we want to make sure that, that this, whatever we are doing and enjoying can continue. You know, there's so many, so many legal threats, you know, to keeping turtles or, you know, reptiles in general. Um, so we work closely with U.S. Arc, as, as you guys know, um, and we actually this year we have a roundtable uh, discussion, I think, on Friday morning with U.S. Arc, PJAC, um, and TDPG. The four-inch rule continues to be a thorn in some people's flesh, uh, or many people, I should say. That's something that's still trying to see if we can get a you know, grasp on and get, uh, get around, um, get cleared, I should say, not get around. Um, but the next generation is something that um, TTPG and Russ, uh, like you mentioned, is very uh, particular about. You know, that's that's one of the reasons we do the International Turtle and Tortoise Week along with uh, Zoomed. We, we put in as much the energy that we put in. 
because we want to make sure that we're continuing to inspire the next generation and giving them an opportunity to be part of this magic that we all experience, uh, that the young people might not be able to um, make it happen on their own. Um, and that's been really nice. It's, it's something we have enjoyed doing. That's so awesome. Actually, if I could speak to uh, a specific experience that I've had with the TTPG and with Russ, when when um, I first wrote for the Badiger, and actually it was an article that Steve and I wrote together on Spangler Eye, um, the first article that I'd written for any magazine, and it was in 2014, um, Russ was really excited about an idea he had to do an article about the next generation of keepers. And he asked us if we'd be willing to help with that. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll write it. What do you want? <clears throat> and he kind of gave me like an idea, like something relatively short. He had a lot of photos. Um, and he was also asking for photos of, of kids holding turtles. And we had a picture of uh, Jared Sikowski's daughter. And I didn't have any kids at the time, but a picture of um, a friend of my wife who uh, had a young son who was into turtles. We had his picture in there. It was really cool because all these turtle experts were sharing photos of their kids with turtles or kids that they knew with turtles, stuff like that, for this article. And it was this amazing thing that was like an experience that I'll never forget. And I think it speaks to um, Russ's dedication to that, but, but also... Um, for me, it was something that I'll never forget, and it really meant a lot to me. And then, can I speak? What do you think? Give me, give me, give me the truth here. Russ lets me look at the Badiger ahead of time. Can I talk about an article that's going to be in it or no? Well, why not? You know. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, so you should go, and if you can't go, you should contact the guys from TTPG and buy the Badiger this year. But Mark Cantos wrote an article this year, kind of on like. A history of like turtle keepers, which is the was was so cool. It's so cool, right? Did you see this yet or no? No, I I you know how I said this year I slacked yeah. quite a bit. This was one of the areas I slacked. Russ sent okay. me the you know articles and said, Michael, can you look at those couple of articles? Yeah. And I don't think I ever got back to it. I felt so bad. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, but it's truly a team effort, you know, everybody, and thank you for, you know, pitching and jumping in there. Um, but no, I actually was telling Kevin yesterday, Kevin sent over some payment. I'm like, are you wanting a t-shirt, Kevin? He said, no, it's for the new Batagur. I'm like, okay, you haven't seen it yet. He said, and he said, Batagur monograph. I'm like, what is Batagur monograph? Okay, I, mean, I think he's talking about Batagur. And then like last week, Russ said, oh, by the way, we are publishing something called Batagur monograph. Now, that's for those who know Russ Gurley, that's Russ. You know, we love the guy. Um, you know, I have great deal of respect for him. His his passion um, and dedication to ensuring younger generation gets involved and kind of gets hooked on. It's it's remarkable. I admire him for it. But he, he yeah, Russ is one of those guys. He's in who's trying to be in twenty places at one time. He stretches himself so thin. Um, I, 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 yeah, I gotta love him for that. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And yeah. I, I wrote, you know, he published my book, so I know all about that. And like back and forth, and then he gets busy for a little while, and I'm like so excited on the edge of my seat, and then all of a sudden he has a few minutes, and then it's just like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, rapid yeah. fire. And then he'll disappear because he's busy for a little bit. And then I'm just sitting there waiting so excited for the next time that he has some time. 
and we would get huge chunks of the work done. Um, he's just the best. And he wrote the Bible for keeping and breeding freshwater turtles. Oh, like oh look at that. There it is, right there. He's working on the second edition, uh, yeah. which he told me, uh, I think, like a couple a week or so ago. So, you know, like I told you, Peachy India has been nice to us. They take away our power every once in a while. So these days I get a lot of time to read. Um, and I was digging <laughs> up, you know, I was digging up. Uh, I mean, I went through, you know, Total Conservancy's The Tourist Magazine recently. I finished that, um, you know, it was such some amazing stuff in there. Um, I, I was kind of, uh, Russ and I were talking about this book, um, actually one of our new directors, Vanessa, was asking for recommendations on, I want to get into Turtles, what book can I read? And I told her to get this one and Turtles of the World that Peter Pritchard translated. So talking about that reminded me of this book and, uh, and I go and, you know, I picked it up. I was just flipping through again. It just it just gets so exciting, you know. Sometimes you forget the the gold that's sitting on a bookshelf that you you know read ten years ago, and you just forget. Sometimes going through it, it just uh, uh, you know brings back such wonderful memories. My wife got this book for me as a Christmas gift. I think wow. say two thousand four. Russ it and sent it over. Um, I tell Russ, you know, um, when some. Sometimes we're talking about the uh, number of species people are keeping. I said, you know what? You ruined it for me. It's because of you. I don't have as many species I probably can keep. Because in the Salkara, uh, the book that he wrote about Salkaras, you know, mm -hmm. um, I, the title, um, you know, escapes my mind. But he talks about how it's as a, as a, as a keeper, you know, you want to provide an enriching, as naturalistic as possible enclosure for an animal. Mm -hmm. So... Most of my animals, I try to keep them in really large enclosures that, you know, they're not bumping into the same corner all the time, which then limits how much space I have and how many animals I can keep. So I kind of give them a hard time every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. The Sokata, the Sokata book, uh, the Professional Bre Breeders Series, the small red book, that book um, is was the first turtle book that I ever had. And um, the... Keeping breeding book that you just held up, um, which is still available online. If anyone doesn't have it, you need to buy it. It's such an important book. Um, that book, when we did, we did a, um, a World Turtle Day video. Um, I'd say somewhere around like 2014, maybe. And several of the Turtle Room staff members um, talked about that book as a reason, like a a why turtles or um, I can't remember exactly what the question was because a few consecutive world turtle days we did videos like that there's something like why turtles or mm -hmm. um, like like what experience was it or whatever that changed things for you and several people talked about the um, that book as being one of the most influential if not the most influential experience for a budding aspiring turtle keeper that to actually you know to discover what was in that book and start to get through like all of the different species and the different ways to keep them but then also seeing some of the similarities in keeping different species too um so you can start to kind of think about how you can try to keep some of those challenging species um was really influential to them so Absolutely, that book super yeah. was super important. My copy, I can't tell you how many times I sat in the toilet and read that thing. Sorry, 
and, and poor yeah, Russ, I'm not pooping yet, yeah. <laughs> poor Russ, I, I had him sign my copy recently. He signed it last, it last? 2015. He signed it, so oh, I already been on the toilet with that thing. Did you mention oh, that it's been no, in the... not till now. Hopefully, he watches this, Russ. If you're uh, watching this, I expect an email or a text that says do WTF because I sat on the toilet with that book probably a thousand to two thousand times before I had you sign it. Uh, yeah, ropes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got in touch with uh, Russ first. I, I want to say 2004. Uh, I emailed him. Uh, you know. What, I was one of those annoying guys who responds to classified ads saying, hey, I, I want that turtle, and then backs off. Now, actually, I paid for the turtle. He had a core of our match data, um, you know, on ad. I, I briefly talked to him, and, you know, this was in 2004, a year after I got a U.S. still relatively new to the turtle hobby. I paid for it, and then he and I got into details of the care, and I'm like, I don't think I can care for this anymore because, again, I have to remind you, you know, Russ doesn't just take a shoebox or something or a 40 gallon, you know, tub and put the turtle in and say, oh, yeah, it'll live, right? So the way he was explaining how he has the animal set up and all scared the life out of me, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I can do that right now. So I'll let you keep the turtle. But then we started talking about TTPG. Um, this was in 2004. And, um, you know, it wasn't until 2010 when we had our first conference. So I asked Russ in 2004, how do I become a member of the Turtle and Tortoise, you know, preservation group? And he said, well, consider yourself a member. So back then, you know, we didn't have forms, we didn't have any membership. Um, but it was, for him, it was about connecting people who cared and who hopefully will stick with, with, the, with the hobby for the long haul, you know, getting them, getting them involved, right? So... Um, that's that that's where he was going and um um in 2010 he's when he sent out an email and i i don't remember how that came made it out to me but um when the first co conference was in mesa i'm like that's amazing you know it's it's an arizona but i'm gonna make it you know um it, it's been a it's been an awesome ride since then so you've been to everyone except last year yes and i just want to say so if you won't say it, because, so Michael is the most humble and modest and nice guy. I really, truly mean that. Like, if you won't say it, I will, if you don't mind me sharing. But, like, last year you were dealing with the devastating wildfires. Yes. Which is why you missed the the conference. And you were planning to go, like, right up until, like, the day. Because I remember I was talking to you, or at least watching, like, your Facebook updates where you were letting people know that you were okay, but, like, it was like up to the day of that you weren't sure if you were going to be able to make it or not, and then ultimately you weren't able to go because your home was affected by the wildfires. And so you made, can we just say that you made it to everyone? I think you deserve that. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, no, I mean, it felt like I was there, you know, it's still, uh, you know, I was checking in with the guys and everything because, you know, the, it, it was a very frustrating moment because. Me sticking around here wasn't really going to change the outcome, whatever it was going to be. Um, and me being in Arizona was not going to change, you know, uh, what would have happened here. Um, you know, I, I knew right away that insurance wasn't going to move as fast as I want to move. They're going to move at their own pace and everything. But it was the right thing to do, to be there with my wife and, um, you know, my son and everybody else who was going through this. You know, just being there for them was... Um, you know, 
something I needed to do. But yeah, I missed, <laughs> especially when the guys weren't being nice to me. They, they for the last year they were very prompt in sharing pictures from the sessions and all. Uh, I miss being there for sure. Yeah, I know the feeling. I hate that FOMO. And... It's horrible. Um, and obviously, given the circumstance too. But I just had to say something. Yeah, I haven't been as involved this time and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> Why Which one of you guys is messing up with stuff? I'm messing things up. I think on my end. Yeah, cut cut the cut the stuff. Matter with there we go. Listen, have another cheese stick and take it I'm easy. I'm out. <laughs> of course, you're out. You ate them all a while ago. We, we buy packs of like fifty. That's so <laughs> disgusting. We don't eat them in one day. It's like my snack for a month. It's disgusting. Did you eat dinner? That's what I just told you. I didn't get a chance to do anything. I got right on the call. So that's me eating. I was just snacking, you know? That's no That's no way to live. You realize that's not how I live. We've had dinner together. I'm concerned for your well-being. All right, Anthony, who likes yeah. the Golden Corral? I do. If anyone doesn't know what that is, it's basically uh, Everyone knows the McDonald's of buffets. Everyone knows <laughs> what it is. And I didn't know until you brought me there. So Kevin Kevin has a Golden Corral. Michael, are you familiar with the Golden Corral? No. No. No? Okay. Golden Corral is a buffet. And really bad. Yeah. And it's tremendous. And there's one there was one in Kevin's hometown. And every time I go there, I just visit Kevin. I ask him if he'll have lunch with me at Golden Corral. Now he did in in his defense, he did have lunch with me there one time. And then he refused to go back. <laughs> so now Golden Corral has recently closed. So I have missed out on a multitude of Golden Corral opportunities because of Cheese Stick Face himself over there. So <laughs> listen, that place was open for a maximum of three years. If a buffet can't make it three years, it's for a reason. Yeah. So. Do you guys have hometown buffet? It sounds like Golden Corral is like hometown buffet. Yeah, um, we had that also. Golden okay. Corral is better than hometown buffet. Yeah, I. It I, is. They're both. Yeah, they're both bad. So, they're both places my wife hates, but they're better. Golden Corral is better. Anthony, sometime you're yeah. down here, we'll have to take you out to Shady Maple. It is uh, like the buffet of buffets. It sounds People like will a drive an home. hour to get their free Shady Maple <laughs> breakfast buffet. It sounds like a place I'm going to go when I retire. It's uh, like to live. It, it's Eastern Lancaster County, so it's it's like a Mennonite business, I believe. So, you know, like uh, Lancaster it County cooked food, like people go nuts for it. It sounds like there's probably like a t an old TV playing Matlock and Bingo <laughs> in the in the rec room. It's huge. And, it is probably the yeah. biggest buffet you've ever seen. All like, right. they can pack probably... I, I wouldn't be surprised if they can seat a thousand people in that thing. It's gigantic. Uh, count me in. See, uh, I wear my stretchy pants. After a couple of our friends watch this episode, I, I'm sitting here, I'm going to expect to see some chatter about uh, Brazilian barbecue buffet. That's that's happening next week in Arizona. 
Nice. So people are like, oh, okay, hey, I've, we need to make reservations. What do we do? Like, I haven't made it there yet. My favorite place at TTPG has been the Thai food restaurant. It is de definitely one of my absolute favorites, but um, you, you got to get kind of, uh, you know, you got to plan your visit. They get overwhelmed when 40 of us show up for food. Um, at the same time, they, they're just not equipped for it. Um, I, I'm surprised you missed out last year. I think Curtis took a few of our friends out to that Brazilian barbecue place. He, he really liked it. Um, and if it's like if it's like any other uh, Brazilian barbecue places that I've been to, um, the fried plantain that they serve is to die for. It's I, that just alone makes it worth it for me. <laughs> I went, so you know, my so we already talked about what my goal is at these conferences. My goal is to get out with people and talk to the people, and then I'll just eat whatever. So I ended up at the Thai food place two nights in a row because I went with the group I was with on the first night. And then the second night, I wanted to talk to Russ, and Russ was going to the Thai place. Yeah. So I went to the Thai place. But the first time I ever went to the Thai place, I I had made a comment when I was going to present. It was the first time, 2015, I was presenting at TTPG. I was really nervous. And, of course, you have to start them off with a joke, right? So I made a comment about how it was amazing to to meet so many of my like man crushes in one trip, right? Because there's so many people that I've like had a crush on for a long time that I've like idolized and stuff like that. So I was <laughs> so I was walking and I was about to catch like a taxi ride to the airport because I had to leave. And um somebody was really nice and set up a taxi ride for me. And Bill McCord walked up to me right before, Dr. Bill McCord um, walked up to me right before uh, I was getting ready to catch the taxi and I couldn't leave him because he started talking to me. He came up and he said, so you got a lot of man crushes, huh? <laughs> and I couldn't resist the opportunity, so I ended up walking to the Thai restaurant all the way just because... He wanted to talk to me, and I missed my ride to the airport on purpose. Like, I knew I had to go to the airport. It's not like, oh, I got caught up in the conversation. Like, no, I'm not leaving. Like, I will miss my plane if I have to, to have a conversation with this man who I've never met before. Um, and that's the beauty of the TTPG and so many other, you know, so many other things that are great about it. But for me, that's the thing that I really enjoy the most is that opportunity to just chum it up with people who like I'd be thrilled to meet and they're all there. Like uh, I can remember that same one, the first one that I went to, like having a beer with Chris Hagen and being able to just have like a, you know, free flowing conversation with him that wasn't some like super professional, like respectful email that I was trying to send him at that time. You know what I mean? So it was the first time that we were actually able to connect on a different level that really meant a lot to me. Like that was, and actually at that point when I was talking to Chris, my wife was calling Ralph Till, who I was sharing a room with, to try to figure out where I was because I wasn't answering my phone because I was still like enamored by the conversation. But that's the stuff that you get um, from TTPG that's just like invaluable. So if you're on the fence and you're not sure, you should go. Be warned though, if you decide to go, there's a super good possibility that you'll keep coming back. Um, I mean, and, I'm, and, I'm, and this is not just some PR talk, uh, you know, uh, Anthony knows what I'm referring to. It's just, and to be fair, I haven't been to the TSA conference or one of these other conferences, 
But having been to other world conferences, um, you know, I can tell you that this one, you know, people just put you at ease. Um, you know, it just happens naturally, like like he was talking about Beat, Dr. Bill Beck or uh, Chuck Schaefer, you know, Russ Gulley, um, you know, just you, you reach out to them, you know, they talk, they're, they're happy to answer any questions you might have. Um, they're, they're happy to engage, they're happy to see you, they, you know, it, it will be a very memorable. And so if you're within driving distance or not too late to book a ticket and hop on and come over and say hi, and we will be sure to take you out to a, uh, the, the Thai restaurant that Anthony has been talking about that he's going to, you know. <laughs> I was so sick to my stomach. Let's just you too can eat at the Thai restaurant two nights in a row. You too, and, and then you can spend extra time on the toilet afterwards, reading your favorite books. You, you know, if shipping probably wasn't too expensive, Anthony, I might be tempted to give to you a new toilet for your birthday or something. It looks like you um, just got so many ones. Yeah, no, but that, that place. That place genuinely has good food. I love the crab fried rice. Across the street from there, there's a small me uh, Mexican, uh, like, taqueria mangoes. I mean, Mesa, I actually, you know, don't call me to Arizona in June or July. Not happening. But this time of the year, I love being in Mesa. It's a, it's this nice little, quaint little town walking down in, um, you know, downtown. I, and I think while we're there, um, they have, like, a street fair or something happening on one of the days it's just it's it's a very uh, it's a nice place to visit um you know a lot of fun stuff in walking distance um you know and for those who haven't been the phoenix uh, zoo is of course an amazing place um and downtown mesa has um you know the uh, what museum is that the arizona natural history museum i think is down th there in mesa as well um it's a nice little place to visit i, I love going there Awesome. Hey, so Michael, we got one more really good question from uh, Jeremy Thompson again. I want to ask before we wrap things up tonight. Hmm. Uh, but question is, Michael, do you have any plans to see your top five species in C2? Do I have any plans? Um, not right now. Uh, but that's, you know, I'm hoping that that's what my retirement will be. Uh, lot, lots of outreach, um, you know, do, going out to schools, local, you know, Boy Scouts, Scouts, but also traveling and seeing things in situ. Uh, that's definitely one of my bucket list items. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not, you know, um, I'm not very, you know, picky or anything. Just take me anywhere, you know, <laughs> and sh show me your reefs out there in nature. I'll still be thankful. I'll buy you a, a couple of extra beers. Um, no, it's, it's just an amazing thing. You know, growing up, up in, in India, India um, I, didn't I didn't get, get that opportunity. opportunity. You know, you, you, I'll share. You talk to Russ or, you know, even you guys, you know, you, you, you talk about you had the opportunity when you were 13 to go catch turtles or, you know, salamanders or something. I almost grew up in like in a concrete jungle, uh, uh, so to speak, uh, you know, parents being busy, um, working, you know, not, you know, we don't didn't go hiking or camping, none of that sort. Um, so but I was blessed, uh, you know, with with parents who put up with my craziness. I always had some animal or the other. I almost always had an aquarium, I had multiple dogs, I had birds, I had bunnies. And the, and the, and the funny part of it was, you know, after I grew up, I talked to my dad and he said, well, we had all those animals because you wanted them. He, I, I didn't want, you know, bunnies and stuff. So I don't know where that bug came from, but I'm thankful. 
And the school I went to, we had like a mini zoo and uh, the school, uh, you know, can you imagine a private school? Uh, of course, it was private school and our private schools in India are huge. They're like some of your community colleges here. I'm not kidding. Um, we had like a mini zoo with tortoises and I used to stand and watch them for hours, but I never had the opportunity to get my hands on a pet turtle or anything until I was an adult. I actually, in a way, have to thank the Chinese for this. The way I was able to get my hands on turtle was because of the Chinese art of Feng Shui. That became popular in the early 2000s in India. And up until then, I was told, or in the region I grew up in, bad, turtles were considered a bad omen. So my, keeping a pet turtle was no... I was totally out of question. But, but in the early 2000s, People started getting into feng shui and they started getting turtle figurines and stuff and keeping it at homes. And they, the, you know, it was a business opportunity. So people who owned aquariums started bringing in sliders from Singapore. And that's how I got my first turtle in 2001. I got two sliders, promptly stuck them in 10 gallon tank with a rock and said, name them Romeo and Juliet and said, be happy. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be hurting in hell. <laughs> I'll take a guess. <laughs> but, uh, so to make up for lost time to answer Jeremy's question, yeah, you bet. I mean, you, you go back to Africa, Jeremy, you, you get, want somebody to haul your luggages for you, let me know. I'll go there, we'll take it, and I'll go with you. <laughs> hey, that's my job. Okay, fine, I'll carry his toilet paper for him. Something. I'm, I'm the body carry <laughs> up carry up the toilet paper for him. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, no, definitely. They won't take it on the plane. No way. It would be one of those small planes where you need to, like, weigh your luggage and you can only bring so much water. You're not going to let me on that plane. I weigh as much as three people. Just saying. Just saying. Sorry, it got awkward. It got awkward. I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have said it. See, you awake? I am. You texting Kevin? No, actually. Chris. Oh, Chris. Leone? Yeah. Oh, good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Get him up. Get him out to TTPG again, uh, Anthony. I missed the opportunity. Yes. Agreed. I actually thought he was going to go this year, but he's yeah, got obviously some stuff going on. Yeah, I thought uh, he was that shot too, but he ended up not being able to make it. So yeah, he's got a new baby, so that happened. Yeah, I would assume he's got his hands full. Yeah, literally and figuratively. So, um, but that was a lot of fun to go with him too, and the miserable red eye flight home was atrocious. But um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was awesome for a chance to be at the DTBG conference. With him, it's his first time. Yeah, that was definitely one of my regrets about last year, you know, missing that opportunity because I've known Chris since, I, I want to say, maybe 2005, you know, we've done trades, uh, purchased stuff from him, we talk, and, you know, not being able to say hi in person, that was a bummer. Yeah. Don't worry, it'll happen. It'll yeah. happen. We need to get you out to the East Coast. Well, one of these years. So, you know, if I continue to stick in the high rate space, I might have the opportunity, you know. Um, yeah. we, we get time off, so that might start happening. Yeah. So, sure. you got to see wood turtles in their natural environment. Start with them. You don't have to go to Africa first. Let's see wood turtles first. I know, right? Yeah. Right? 
I know, I know somebody who goes out there several times a year. <laughs> I know somebody who was out there yesterday. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> where, where you with Jordan? I saw the video that Jordan Gray posted um, a survey site. Um, no, Jordan <clears throat> Jordan wasn't out at our survey site this weekend. He's at something else. Um, okay. He's at a yeah. symposium, and they there was a field trip involved in that symposium, and that's probably what he shared the video of. Gotcha, um, gotcha. But yeah, we were out at our survey site for the last of our fall surveys the, uh, yesterday. Yeah, that's, that's not a bad idea. I might actually hit you up next year and see if we can make that happen. Um, you know, I was going to make a trip to see John Green, um, but maybe I'll switch that up and we'll go see, you know, look for wood turtles. I am so much better than John Green. <laughs> I am not going to respond to that, <laughs> but I will go ahead and say, again, Wittles, my absolute favorite. The first species I hatched out, um, you know, in wow. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I, I think it was 2011. Uh, I have to go back and look at my records, but yeah, just, again, I, I'll never get tired of seeing them pop out of the egg every single year. Um, so before things, before I got smarter, you know, I put together a group of wood turtles, spotted turtles, and diamondback tappins with the hope that there will be some program very much like it happens in Europe where I can contribute captive bred hatchlings to a release program. And it was after that I found out that, yeah, that's not going to happen. So, but I still enjoy all three species. You know how I told you uh, I got into sliders when I was in India? So as soon as I got into those sliders, I discovered Kingsnake thanks to the internet. And man, I would sit and drool at pictures of map turtles on time and my back turtles. It was map turtles especially, it was low at first sight. Ironically, I don't have any, any map turtles right now. Uh, although my room is sort of hogging the space. <laughs> That's what they do. That's what I'm talking about. Exactly. <laughs> but no, I have no room. I have no regrets. I enjoy my reefs and my golden threads and Kwong Tong way too much. <laughs> That's awesome. I'd have a hard time living without any map turtles, man. Steve got so excited when you mentioned map turtles. I know, right? Love at first sight. I totally get right it, up. man. Totally get it. Love my map yeah. turtles. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I, I, you know, if you kind of bump into people who knew me from back then, they're like, yeah, that guy literally... Spent hours looking at pictures of turtles on the internet. Oh Crazy my gosh! <laughs> me too. That's yeah. how it started for me. King Snake. That's what. That's when it took went into a really high gear. When like, I would sign on to King Snake six times a day and just yeah. scroll through everything. And, and then, then I go back, back and make sure there was nothing new. And I see the second something popped up. up. I still do it now. Yeah, I, I was going to say, how many times do you check now? I still do. Mostly it's fallen out, but yeah, it's crazy. Again and again and again, I have to know what's going on with the classifieds, what the going price of every certain thing is. And I don't know why, because I don't like selling animals. I just like to be on top of it. Actually, selling animals makes me really uncomfortable. I think that's something you and I have spoken about a lot. I don't, I don't enjoy that at all. Yeah. Um, I feel icky about it. I get really anxious, and I'm not an anxious person. It's just something about the actual act of selling the animals. But I love the sites where that stuff is going on, so I can just keep tabs on what's happening because it's the most it's the most um, visible account of what we do, which is sad. 
Well, but, I, I think to a certain degree, um, but, you know, I think when you get to a point like how you're talking about where you're not like trying to sell it, you know, you, we have this amazing network that, you know, over the years, the connections you refer to, you know, I, I mean, today I exchange or send hatchlings to friends, you know, I'm not selling because, again, it helps that I'm not breeding to sell, right? It just, again, you know, focusing on being able to, you know, exchange bloodlines and keeping things move, going. And friends are nice enough to send animals over, you know, it goes both ways. It's just exciting, you know, and that excitement comes without having to buy from somebody you, you don't know. And then you're keeping your fingers crossed and hoping that you'll actually get a healthy animal, you know. Um, I, I picked up a, a recently a beautiful ornate box from Kevin, actually. Just a stunning animal, you know, and... But that was the, that was the connection. Just made me feel comfortable. I didn't have to think ten times about buying it from him. We just you know went through it, you know, um, and that's part of you know like uh, that surplus list that we're trying to do. You know, we're hoping that people will list healthy animals in good uh, that in good faith members can buy. I mean, you, you know the horrors of buying in fauna or king snake at times. You know, I I, I think I can actually count with with my two hands, the number of people are who I buy from, I repeatedly buy from just a few people, that's it, I don't want to take the chance, to go through the trouble, it's just, sometimes like I said, it's too much, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Right. And just as a disclaimer, I love John Green, I was just joking when I said that. <laughs> I, mean, I am way better than him, but he's pretty good. That just shows how good I am. <laughs> Yeah, you, you should have, I, you know, you should have seen John when he, I don't know, this first TTPG conference or even a second, you have to ask him about it when you get a chance. It was, you know, I still remember him, he, you know, I think he, he planned to be there only on Thursday and Friday and then he's like, you know, oh my gosh, all these guys are still hanging out, I don't want to go back home. So he called his um, girlfriend of his at the time, and he's like, "Okay, I'm I'm gonna stay a little while longer." And he was, I think, he stayed through all all uh, stayed through Saturday. Um, you know, we have the fun auction that we do. You know, but yeah, well, you know, you talked about man crushes, so you you can relate. You you know, you it it the first time can potentially get a little bit overwhelming, but you know, once things settle down for you and you look back, you realize. It was a blast, you know. Absolutely. It, it is a blast. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. guys, I think we should uh, probably wrap this up. It's getting a little bit late. So Green, it's been a great show. Always leave them wanting more, right? We can do this again. Yeah. Uh, we should do this again. We should do this know. again. Michael, it's been a pleasure to actually get to talk with you more than just a random email here or there. Likewise. Um, and I look, I do look forward to eventually meeting you at a conference. Um, if Russ ever decides to not have the TTPG conference on my anniversary weekend, you might see me there. Um, <laughs> or, or see you. Yes, I don't know. One of these years, you're gonna say, you know what? An Arizona trip is actually a nice anniversary gift to my wife, unless she doesn't like the desert and the cacti, you know. But it's it's. It's a uh, like I said, Mesa at this time of the year is nice, and this you know, um, it's it's a beautiful place to visit. But no, I totally hear you. Um, you know, like I said, I you know we cannot just expect everybody to come here. Um, I sure hope our paths cross. I I I've been trying to rope in Kevin as well. 
You know, it, it, I think pretty soon it, I'm going to get to a point where come September, people are going to kind of block me and like, Michael, no, the politics this guy talks about is like, are you going to come to PDPG? It's like, let's block the life out of him. Let's, let's not talk to him until Christmas or something. <laughs> Michael, I have a very, very simple fix for this. Like, I can guarantee you two of the three of us will go if you can make this one thing happen. You have to convince Anthony's wife to convince my wife that it's a good idea for all four of us to go with our kids. <laughs> then I'm in. One last thing before we wrap up, Michael. Have you given a talk yet? No, no. Well, uh, you know, you know, I was very tempted. So, you know, if I'm gonna do it, I want to do it right. Um, one of the, I, I do have a topic uh, in mind. Uh, uh, I think a very relevant topic and stuff. We might do it next year. Um, it, you know. Um, I need to give shape to it. It's something that some of the other members have asked about. Something like I said, I don't want to give too much away right now. Uh, I think it's something very relevant that everybody would be interested in. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to call you out on that because I thought that was the answer, and I just wanted to make sure in front of everyone well, who's watching. To be fair, though. Uh, there was plans for me to talk about my love for Marumis, but somebody stole the thunder. What can I do? So, you know, we don't want to repeat the, the same topic two years in a row. So. Who's that, me? <laughs> I, I guess somebody talked about Reeves Turtle. I did, but only for, it was a small part of my talk. No, I'm just giving you a hard time. No, it's, uh, it, yeah, we, that, that has to happen. Yeah, it just Good. has to. Good. Now you said it in front of everyone on the on the interwebs, so you, now you have to. So, it's out just there permanently, not going Done. anywhere. Maybe maybe I'll just pivot it and put it on Russ. You know, he hasn't asked me. He always says, "Well, we have to work hard to bring interesting speakers." So maybe that's telling something. So <laughs> it's not right. Can't let him treat you right right right. This is what I want to talk about at <laughs> the next conference. That's what I do. I just and then I just don't follow through. That's the difference between me and Michael. Like Russ, here's the four books I'm going to write for you by next week. <laughs> now maybe we have an unsaid uh, rule that directors can't pro uh, provide a presentation. Although that's not true, Kurt. We we managed to rope in Kurt did, but uh, for one or two presentations. So I guess I can't use that excuse. See, we, we we just we just want to make sure that we are not hogging this. Spot, you know, we want to put other people on the spot, bring them in, share. Nope. <laughs> gotta do one. You gotta do one. Frank the tank. Deal. You gotta do one. You gotta do one. I'll I'll make a deal with you, Anthony. Yeah. You and one of your friends from uh, the total room, not Andrew, yeah. show up that year. I'm making a presentation. Done. 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 Air, air high five. Yeah, Jim and Pam. Jim and Pam. <laughs> Go for it. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, guys, and letting me, you know, talk about uh, TDPG. Um, I mean, it's it's something very dear to my heart. Um, you know, uh, I, I, for those who don't know me, I'm not a biologist. Um, you know, I'm a guy. Uh, I'm a software engineer, network engineer. Guy grew up in a concrete jungle without chasing turtles and stuff. But you know, TDPG has given me the opportunity to get involved and be passionate about it and share that passion with others. So. Um, I sincerely hope we can get others hooked, just like how I'm hooked, and uh, you know, spread your passion with others. So, thank you so much. And you know, I'm sure we'll talk. But if not, you guys all have a wonderful holiday season. And uh, thank you. Have a lovely evening.
Thank you, Michael. So glad you could join us. So glad you could join us. Thank you, guys. So for for Anthony, Kevin, and our awesome guest, Michael, I'm Steve, uh, signing off here from podcast episode 56. We'll see you on December 2nd for episode 57. Have a great night. Good night, everyone. Bye, guys.